Turn, please, to Romans, the fourth chapter. Romans 4. Then I think we'll be going to 2 Thessalonians 1. But uh, we're continuing on a series we began a couple of weeks ago called Exceeding Growing Faith. Exceeding Growing Faith. In Romans, the fourth chapter, talking about the faith of Abraham, it says in verse 19, and being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead. When he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. Verse 20. He staggered not at the promise of God. Said out loud, consider not, not, stagger not. not. (laughs) Say it again, consider not, not, stagger not. not. Now now the word stagger here could also be translated waver. It's the same concept of wavering. He didn't waver. At the promise of God through unbelief. But he was strong in faith. See not being weak in faith. But being strong in faith. And giving glory to God. And he was fully persuaded. Fully persuaded. Not wavering. But fully persuaded. That what God had promised. He was able also to perform. Thank you, Lord. So we see from this that faith can be weak or faith can be strong. Now in the Second Thessalonians, the first chapter, Second Thessalonians 1, verse 3, he said, We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is meet, because that your faith groweth exceedingly and the love of every one of you toward each other abounds. The Young's literal translation says because increase greatly does your faith. God's word translation says because your faith is showing remarkable growth. Our faith should be growing, should be increasing. What we thought was impossible five years ago could seem easy for us today. If your faith is growing. We read an excerpt from Brother George Mueller's uh, writings about, you know, back in the 1800s, he believed God to build, what was it, three or four big buildings and house thousands of uh, orphans and feed them, clothe them, take care of them, educate them. And he had no denominational backing. He had no rich people backing him. He believed God. And he, he, he didn't ask anybody for anything. He said when he first began, you know, he believed God for 10 pounds. This is, he's English. And then he got to where he could believe for a hundred pounds. And then he got to where he could believe for a thousand pounds. And then a hundred thousand. 
And after a number of years there, he said it was just as easy for him to believe for a million pounds. What had happened? His faith had grown through the years. His faith had been fed and his faith had been used, exercised, and it developed. As we talked about in previous months, uh, talking about according to your faith, what we receive is not determined by God's will, nor by God's ability or power, but rather we receive not according to his power or will, we receive according to our faith. And if our faith grows, we're able to receive more. Now, a lot of people don't like that word. They don't like that message. When I say a lot of people, I'm, I'm talking about millions of people. Millions of church-going people prefer what I call no-fault religion. What do you mean by that? No matter what happens. It's not my fault. Or no matter what doesn't happen, it's not my fault. It's God's mysterious, unknowable will. If it didn't happen, it must not have been his will. We don't know why, but God must have a reason for it not happening. There must be a reason. Well, yeah, there's a reason. The reason could be you didn't believe God. (laughs) But just trying to put it off on the will of God is not in line with the Bible. It doesn't agree with the scriptures. Jesus said repeatedly, according to your faith, be it unto you. And we see him referring to people as having no faith, as having little faith, and as having great faith. Which group you want to be in? Come on. We actually see Jesus being greatly impressed with people's faith. And we're talking about impressing the master. Would anybody like that? I mean, there's more than one occasion. He said, I hadn't seen faith like this in the whole country. And he made an example of it and he talked about it. Why? Because faith pleases God. It pleases him. And the more faith, the more we please him. So there were some people he said, uh, how is it that you have no faith? Some people he said, where is your faith? Others he said, little faith. And we talked about that last week, looking in Matthew 6, where Jesus said, don't take thought saying, what are we going to eat? What are we going to wear? He said, consider the ravens. Consider the lilies. Hear that word consider again? Abraham considered not his own body and Sarah's body. And the Lord here is saying, consider the ravens. Consider the lilies. So does it matter what you consider? If you look this word up, it means to look closely at, to focus on, to look closely on. So uh, go with me over to Matthew now. Let's continue talking about little faith. 
You might say, well, I don't want to talk about little faith. It sure beats none. (laughs) I want to talk about great faith. Well, you might want to talk about little before you get carried away about great. (laughs) Let's get some. (laughs) I want a lot. Well, how about some? Beats none. But we also want to find out what caused their faith to be little, what prevented it from being great. In Matthew 14, about verse 20, they did all eat and were filled and took up of the fragments that remained 12 baskets full. They that had eaten were about 5,000 men plus women and children. Straightway, Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. When he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. Now, just a thought in passing here. If Jesus needed to pray... <laughs> We need to pray. If he needed to pray sometimes all night long, we need to pray sometimes all night long. And if we're not doing it, we're missing out. (laughs) The disciple's not above his master. Is that right? Come on, everybody sit out loud. Help me out. If Jesus needed to pray, pray, I need to pray. pray. If he needed to pray, Sometimes all night long. Then I need to pray. Sometimes. All night long. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, we'd call this early in the morning, dark. Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea. Now there's folks who don't even believe this. But nor do they believe in God. If you really believe in God, you got no problem with this. (laughs) If you believe in the Almighty, Ancient of Days, Creator of heaven and earth, who spoke this into existence, then you got no problem with this can't walk on the water. If you can make water, (laughs) walking on it shouldn't be a problem. (laughs) But now, don't misunderstand me. I'm not implying Jesus is operating as the creator here. Because he's not. He's doing this as a man. And we know that's the case because a little bit longer in the passage, another man who was not born of a virgin, Peter does the same thing. What men can do by faith is amazing. The surface has barely been scratched. (laughs) Verse 26. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled. They said, it is a spirit. One translation said it's an apparition. And they cried out for fear. 
But straightway Jesus spoke to them saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. Now something the Lord quickened to me last week was when he said, Take no thought in Matthew 6. Actually, a good translation of that is, Don't be anxious. Don't be anxious. And the Lord spoke to my heart last week about, he said, my people are not taking me seriously about this. They hear these phrases, but they don't take it seriously. Why would the Lord tell you, don't be anxious? Why would he say, be not afraid? The moment you say this, you run into issues. Put yourself in their place right here. Don't be afraid. He said, it's me. Cheer up. Be happy. Everything's good. Don't be afraid. When the Lord tells you don't be afraid, why did he tell you that? And what does he expect? He actually expects you and me to stop it. Stop being afraid. Why tell us if he knows it ain't going to make any difference? He said, my people are not taking me seriously with these things. People think it's just a little slogan. Don't be afraid. Be blessed. It means don't pay attention. It doesn't matter. It's just kind of a salutation. Peace, hi, don't be afraid. Don't mean anything. It's just how we say hi. No. He means for us to go, okay, I got to stop it. Stop being afraid. Now. I'm stopping now. (laughs) But the enemy will tell you, you can't. He will tell you, you can't help it. And he's a liar. If the Lord tells you to stop being afraid, tell me what's true. I can stop. Being afraid. Yeah, but they just gave me a bad report. Yeah, but I just found out I got this big bill. Yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but. Yeah, but. What are you saying? I I can't help but be afraid. It's a lie. It's a lie. One of the greatest liberating truths you will ever discover is that you don't have to think On what you don't want to think on. You don't have to listen. To what you don't want to listen to. You've proved that many times. With people. (laughs) You don't have to look at. What you don't want to look at. You don't have to talk about. What you don't want to talk about. And if you can choose that. You can choose not to fear. You can choose not to be anxious or worry. Faith is a choice. And fear is a choice. I know many people don't believe it. But the enemy will do anything he can to keep you from getting what I'm talking about right now. Because if you get this, he loses his ability to coerce you. He loses his leverage with you. 
Because if you won't listen to what he's saying, you won't look at what he's doing, you won't think about what he's bringing to you, he loses his influence over you. He loses his influence over you. And if he loses his influence, he can't put you in fear. Jesus spoke to him and said, be of good cheer. It's me. Don't be afraid. Everybody say it out loud. Don't be afraid. That's how we'd say it today. Don't be afraid. What if Jesus looked at you personally and said, don't be afraid? What would you do? What would you do? Well, he did tell you. His word is him talking to you. Is that right? Many times. How many times? Did the Lord say, fear not, fear not. Every time the angel of the Lord shows up, a lot of times that's the first words out of his mouth, fear not, be not afraid, fear not. We'd say, don't be afraid, don't be afraid. We haven't taken this seriously enough. It just sounds like a greeting salutation to us. We've seen it in the Bible so much. We're actually supposed to stop and go, why would he tell me that? Because I'm being afraid. What now? got to stop it. I've got to stop it. Can you stop it? Yes, Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Verse 28. Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, got to remember, it's nighttime and the wind and the waves, it's stormy out on this, we'd call it a big lake. Lord, if it's you, Bid me to come to you on the water. If it is you, you got to remember, we see him as master and redeemer and, and king of kings and lord of lords, and he is. They're traveling with him. They eat with him. They know him after the flesh. Soon and very soon, we're going to see him. Hallelujah. Be able to hug him. (laughs) It will not disappoint. But he's saying, Lord, if that is him, he's walking on the water. Ain't nobody ever heard of anybody doing this. And Peter says, tell me to come. He knew this much. He needed a word. Why didn't he just crawl out of the boat? Because faith is not based on nothing. Faith is not based on desire. Faith is not based on need. Just because you want something doesn't mean you can believe for it. Just because you need something. You need to hear from him. You need to have a word from him. In the word of God in the book. And or by the spirit which is going to be in line with the word in the book. You need to hear from him. And he just knew that in his heart. I, if there's a shot at me doing this, I got to hear from him. Verse 29, he said, come. There is no word of God void of power. If you say, well, how many believe there was power in this word come? Come on, that's not everybody. How many believe there was power in this word When the master said, come, come on, come on. 
If there's power in the word come, there's power in the phrase don't be afraid. Oh, somebody got it. Someone said, well, I I can't help it. When he told you, now you can. Because there was power in what he told you to enable you to do what he told you. If there was power in the word come to help Peter to come, there's power in the word don't be afraid. So you don't have to be afraid. Fear not. If you couldn't do it before, you can now. Because there's enabling in what he just said. His commands are enablings. So Peter gets out of the ship and does what? No. 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 Peter might have been a big old boy. You know, 200 plus. Who knows? You might know 200 pound men cannot walk on the surface of water. Nor can 100 pound children, young people. But did he or not? He walked on the water. Somebody say he walked on the water. He walked on the water. He walked on the water. He walked, yeah, but you can't walk on the water. Well, (laughs) then he's walking on the word. Because there was something between his foot and the H2O. If you'll step out on the word, you can walk on the water. Hallelujah. He's doing it. This is amazing. This is amazing. Come on, say it out loud. All things are possible to him that believes. Verse 30. But, uh-oh. <laughs> Just when things were going so well. Come on, back, back up. I don't want to go here yet. Back up to verse 29. Peter's doing what? He's walking on the water. He's going to Jesus. If he's going to Jesus, don't you suspect he's looking where he's going? Yeah, that's it. Sure he is. Yeah, yeah. So who's he see? Who did he just hear? Jesus. Jesus said, come. He's hearing Jesus. He's looking at Jesus. He's considering Jesus. Yeah. Come on, can you see this? Yeah. Got his mind on the master. Yes. And what's happening? The supernatural yeah. is in manifestation. Yeah. Miracles yeah. are happening with every step. Yeah. What would have pulled him under and destroyed his life is powerless against him. Because he's on top of it. He's on top of it. You can't drown on top. You can't drown on top. You have to go under to drown. He's walking on the water. He's going to Jesus. Faith pleases God. So Jesus is pleased with this. The Father is pleased. How many think Peter is pretty pleased? (laughs) Peter. And how about even the guys in the boat? They're going, 
Wow. Whoa. Go, Peter, go. Go, Peter, go. (laughs) But. Verse 30, but. But. When he saw the wind. Boisterous what? Let me pause right here. Disobedience. Because the Lord had just said a couple of verses earlier. What did he say? Don't be afraid. So what is this? This is ignoring what the Lord said. Because what did he say? Can you see why the Lord would say to us, people are not taking me seriously about what I said to them. My people are not taking me seriously. They hear this and it's just like, oh, don't be afraid, right? Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll try, you know, you know, keep your head up. No, no. When he says don't be afraid, he expects us to stop yielding to fear. It's a choice. Come on, it's a choice. Stop yielding to fear. Stop it. Somebody say, stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Peter was not yielding to fear when he got out of the boat. He was not yielding to fear when he was walking on the water. And then, right in the middle of walking by faith... He, he saw the wind. In order to see the wind, he had to take his eyes off the master. Can you see this, friends? And he was afraid. Abraham considered not. His body, how old, Sarah's body, how old, Her barrenness when she was young, this is staring him in the face. Just like this wind is staring Peter in the face. Faith is a choice. Fear is a choice. Why is it a choice? Because we can choose what we look at. If I can choose what I look at, then I can choose faith or fear. If I look at the right thing, it puts faith in me. If I look at the wrong thing, it puts fear in me. So why is fearing my choice or your choice? Because it's what we chose to look at. It's what we chose to think about. It's what we chose to listen to. If I can choose to ignore that and look at what the Lord said and focus on that and believe that, I've, I've resisted fear and I'll leave. Fear will leave me. I said fear will leave me. <laughs> he was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and just as he was going down. And pulls him up and says, the Greek is literally the name, little faith. Little faith. Why did you doubt? What does that mean? He didn't have to. He didn't have to. When the Lord says, why did you? 
You can just understand, I have no good reason. (laughs) I'm not going to be able to justify this. Why did you? Why did you doubt? I know some of these things, are, are they sound challenging. But friends, you and I are on the verge of coming up into a new way of living. This is big. This is big. The enemy is fear. Fear is a destroyer. Fear is paralyzing. It's crippling. It's blinding. It's confusion. And most people believe they have no choice. Fear has come to me. Fear has come on me. I don't want to be this way. But they don't believe they can do anything about it. And so they just keep looking, just keep looking, just keep looking at the same bad thing. And the fear gets worse and worse and worse. When we have the ability. We have the ability to look away. To look away. To cast down imaginations. We have the ability to look away from the symptoms and the pain and the problem and the bills. And to look unto Jesus. The author and the perfecter of our faith. (laughs) We have that ability as children of God. Many are not using it. Many have used it some. I saw this last night studying and waiting on the Lord. Jesus grabbed him. The only reason Peter didn't drown that night. Is the mercy of the Lord. Because his faith. Failed. He quit believing. And yielded to fear. And if you do that. How long does it take to go down? How long does it take to go down? When, When I saw that. That phrase came to me. And I saw person after person. After person after person after person. Who left here early. And people said. Well why didn't God heal them. Why not this. Why not that. What what happened is this right here. Many of them. People in our camps. They believed God. And they were walking on the water. You know people like this. Is that right. They recovered. They should have been dead two or three years ago. But they didn't. They recovered. And then they went. What happened? Right here. Right here happened. They took their eyes off the master. They got to looking at the symptoms. At the reports. And if you do that. How long does it take to go down? It don't take long. At all. God didn't fail you. God didn't fail them. Why didn't God heal them? He's already bought and paid for healing. For everybody on the planet. He doesn't need to do anything to heal anybody. That ain't the issue. It's us receiving it. It's us receiving it. And now look, I'm not saying that to be judgmental or point any fingers until you've been in their shoes. 
it's easy to do. It don't take long. You can be doing so well. Was Peter doing well? You can be doing so good. And then you can turn away and focus on the symptoms. And focus on the reports. And focus on the tests. And get to thinking about that. And the moment you do that, you start sinking. You start going down. And if you don't break loose from that, you'll go down. Don't mean you're not saved. Doesn't mean you don't love the Lord. Doesn't mean he didn't love you. If you catch yourself in a place like that, here's something else you can do. Cry out for mercy. Lord, Lord, have mercy on me. I, I know I'm supposed to be believing better than this, but right now I just need some mercy. Have mercy, Lord. He's, his mercy endures forever. There's been many a man or woman he grabbed and said, Why'd you doubt? Come on, come on, come on. There was no reason to doubt. In uh, piloting, flying a plane, especially by instruments, they, we train on this every year, and they caution us about fixation. Fixating on an instrument that could be bad. If you're flying at nighttime and there's no moon or light, or you're flying uh, in when the weather's bad, you know, like it was foggy this morning, you can't see anything, ain't no need looking out the window. <laughs> your panel, your instruments become your world. And I read recently, just not long ago, about two, uh, two guys, professional pilots, in a... Um, Regional jet that was converted to haul freight, flying at nighttime, no moon, anything over a uh, uh, country in Europe. And they were getting ready to begin their descent into the airport. And all at once, the, the captain exclaims, what's wrong? And his instrument was showing the plane pitching up when they're supposed to be in level flight. So he grabs it and he starts pushing the nose down. And the truth is they were in level flight. His instrument in front of him, which is his main attitude instrument, has failed. And it is showing the plane is climbing steeply when in fact it's level. Everything's fine. Now here's the problem. Right beside here is a standby instrument. That's working perfectly. Over on the other side. The co-pilot's instruments. Are working perfectly. And they're showing that it's level. But they got rattled. And they started wrestling. To get it back under control. It was already under control. And they fixated. On that bad instrument. It's night time. And they followed it. All the way into the ground. Somebody say fixation. fixation. When there was a good one right over here. If you looked at that or on the other side. But you'd have had to ignore the one that was in your face. And after years of flying and using that, you're, you know, you're so used to focusing in on that. But you have to make yourself look away. 
Somebody say, you got to make yourself look away. The enemy wants you to fixate on the bills, on the symptoms, on the reports, on what somebody said about you, did against you. Come on, are you with me? He wants you to, and if he can get you to fixate, it's like looking at the wind. It's like looking at the waves. You'll go down. You'll go down. But you can discipline yourself. Discipline. It's challenging because we've done it in school. I mean, when the thing you're used to trusting or looking at all the time goes crazy, you're like, ah, no, no, no. (laughs) Make yourself look at what you're supposed to be looking at. But it can save your life. Somebody say, looking unto Jesus. Looking unto Jesus, the author, the perfecter of my faith. What about when you got symptoms and you got problems in your body? You need to look at the healer. You need to focus on the healer. Is that right? Not the problem. Quit talking about the problem. What about the bills, the bills, the bills, the bills? Quit talking about the bills. Talk about Good measure, pressed down, shaking together, running up. Talk about my God does supply all my need. Focus on that. Focus on that. And not just while you're at church for a few minutes. All morning, all afternoon, all evening. When other stuff tries to push in, you got to grab it. You got to cast it down. You got to say, no, no, I'm not following that bad stuff into the ground. I'm not doing that. Obviously, apparently, Peter could have walked on the water, no problem, all the way to Jesus, and him and Jesus walked back to the boat. Did he have to fear? The Lord had just got through telling him not to. Didn't he? He didn't have to. He didn't have to. You don't have to. I don't have to. We've done it, but we don't have to. I said we don't have to. Let me read some scriptures to you from the Psalms just to uh, reiterate this. Psalm 3. You can go over to Psalms with me if you want and just turn to these one at a time. But uh, I just want to let this get in you. Remind you, this is not my idea. This is the Word of God. Psalm 3, 6. I will not be afraid. Come on, say it out loud. I will not be afraid. It's an act of your will. I will not yield to that. How can you keep from being afraid? You have to choose not to look at that. Not to talk about that. Not to listen to that. Not, you can't look and focus on the wrong thing and not get in fear. The way you, you avoid fear and get out of fear is by stopping looking at the wrong thing. I'll not be afraid of ten thousands of people that set themselves against me roundabout. Now, this may just sound like poetry to us, but you've got to remember, this is not a movie. They had their swords on. They're going hand-to-hand combat. Fear is going to try to come on you. They're there to kill you. Especially if it's more of them than it is of you. Ten thousands of them. 
Which is why David has got this in his mouth. I won't be afraid. I won't be afraid of the worst report. Oh, somebody needs to come on with me a little bit. I, I won't be afraid of the biggest bills. I won't be afraid. I won't be afraid. I will not be afraid. Psalm 23, you ever heard this one? Psalm 23, 4. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. We might say like this, I won't fear any evil. I won't fear it. Oh, it's there, but I'm not going to fear it. Why? I'm not going to look at it. I know it's there, but I'm not going to talk about it. I'm not going to focus on it. Psalm 27.3. 27.3, though a host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. What if you die? I go to heaven. <laughs> Psalm 56, 3, 4. 3 and 4. 56, 3. What time I'm afraid? I'll trust in you. What do you do when you're afraid? You quit being afraid. How do you quit being afraid? Quit looking and thinking and talking that stuff and get to looking at him. And talking about how you trust him. Talking about how you talking about what he said. In God I will praise his word. In God I have put my trust. I will not fear. Come on, say, I will not fear. I will not fear what flesh can do to me. Psalm 118.6. 118.6 says, The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do to me? If God be for you. Who can be against you? Hebrews in the New Testament quotes this. Hebrews 13.6 says, So that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do to me. Come on, say it out loud, boldly. The Lord is my helper. The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. I will not fear. Say it again. Let's all say it together. The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. He will help me through the money issue. He will help me through the physical problem issue. He'll help me through the marriage issue. He will help me. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because you are with me. You are with me. You are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. That's how I can keep from fearing. Because I remind myself of who's with me. If I'm looking at who's against me. And I forget who's with me. I'm going to be in fear. No way around it. But if I quit looking at who's against me. Quit talking about how big they are. Quit talking about how much money it's going to take. Quit talking about how hard it is. And I talk about how big he is. (laughs) I know one time in prayer, some significant projects for the ministry were in front of us, and it looked big to me. And I had been trying to get my heart around it. And uh, the Lord spoke to me. He said, Son, if anything looks too big, too hard, He said, You're not looking at me. 
<laughs> Isn't that the truth? Because if you're looking at him, he is the definition of big. <laughs> he is big itself. He's the definition of ability and power and wisdom and knowledge. And if I'm looking at him, everything else looks small. Is that right? As long as Peter was looking at Jesus, he didn't even notice the wind. It was there. The wind didn't show up when he started looking at it. It was already there. The wind was there. The waves were there. It was there when he got out of the boat. It was there when he was walking to Jesus. But when he started looking at it and giving place to it and yielding to fear is when it began to have destructive power in his life and he began to go down. And if it hadn't been for the mercy of the Lord, he'd have perished right there that night. And even those among us that are believers and and believe in faith like we do. So many of us that are no longer on the earth, that's what happened. We're believing God. We're walking on the water. But got to looking at the wrong thing. Most all of us have done it. Didn't have to. Don't have to in the future. Somebody say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. I will not fear. I will not fear. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Go to 1 John 4, please. We talked about last week about crossing the line. He said, don't be anxious. Don't be anxious. Take no thought, worrying, saying, what are we going to eat? What are we going to drink? What are we going to do? Jesus said, don't do that. If he said, don't do that, what does he expect? He expects us not to do it. And don't give us this, I'm trying, I'm trying. No, no. You're not doing what he told you to do. Now, I've come short on this, you've come short on this, but don't believe the lie that you can't help it. That's the thing that will undo you. Truth is, I don't have to fear because I don't have to look at that. I don't have to think about it, don't have to talk about it, don't have to listen to it. And if I look at something else, I'll come out of fear. Now, we're going to care about people. Let's say somebody you love, somebody close to you, your family member, is having a serious attack against them. Will you be tempted to worry? Oh, yeah. Tempted to fear that this ain't going to turn out right. If you yield to the fear and worry by looking at the problem and talking about it and minding it night and day, you're doing exactly what all the unsaved people on the planet are doing. And you're going to get the same results. There will be no divine intervention. You've got to get out of fear and get into faith. That's where the fight comes in. Fight the good fight of faith. What is the good fight? You got to overcome the symptoms and the problems. You got to overcome, you know, the pull to look at this thing that's going to scare you. How do you do it? What can you do? 
Well, there's a line you cross where you care about people, but you go beyond that and now you're taking care. It's okay to care about your people. It's okay to be interested about it. Want to know and want it to be right. That's okay, but there's a line you cross when you're not just caring about them, now you're worrying and yielding to fear. And when you cross that line, you're not in faith. And if you're not in faith, you're in a dangerous place. Because your worst fears can come on you and perish. How can I tell when I'm crossing the line? 1 John 4, are you there? How can you tell? 1 John 4, 17. Herein is our love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is, so are we in this world. Is it possible to walk as fearlessly as Jesus walked? Religion will tell you no way, no how. The enemy will tell you. Is it possible to walk as fearlessly and as miraculously as Jesus walked? We got an example right in front of us in our text. Peter, obviously an imperfect man, gets out of the boat and walks on the water like the master himself. Showing what's possible if you just have faith and not fear. Somebody said out loud, as he is, is. so am I I. in this world. world. Keep reading. There is no fear in love. How can I tell when I've crossed the line? Out of love into fear? Love is wonderful. Fear is awful. Love I should be yielding to. Fear I must not give place to. It can destroy my life. How can I tell? There's no fear in love. If what I'm doing is in love for my people, there'll be no fear in it. You hear people saying, well, I I can't help but worry about them because I love them so much. Wrong. Love has no fear. You being afraid about what's going to happen to your loved one is not love. It's not love. You've crossed the line out of love into fear. Said out loud, there is is no fear fear in in love. Now the same could be said about faith. He said, why did you fear? Where is your faith? And, we, and that's not surprising because faith and love work together. Faith works by love. So if I'm in fear, I'm not in faith. If fear's in me, I'm not in love. I'm not walking in love about this. Now I know this is mind renewing. But the Lord's endeavoring to bring us up to another place of life. Operate on another plane. Have more miracles than we've ever seen. Do you believe it? have more miracles than we've seen and heard about. Man, we're close. We're close to some things. Can you sense it in your spirit? 
We're close to some things. I'm talking about healing miracles. I'm talking about marriage miracles. I'm talking about finance miracles. One week you're over your head, upside down in debt. Next week everything's paid off and you got plenty of money. You're giving, you're sowing. Easy for the Lord. That's so easy for him. It'd be like you giving a child a dime. It just, it's so easy for him. So easy. Who oh, I wish you would do it. It don't come by wishing and crying and whining. You got to have faith. <laughs> well, I'm just afraid. Exactly. Exactly. And he commanded us, don't be afraid. How can I keep from being afraid? Stop looking at the wrong thing. Quit talking about it. Quit listening to it. What got Peter in trouble? He quit looking at Jesus. He stopped thinking about the word come. He looked away. He looked at the wind and the waves and let fear in. He's a good man, but he made a mistake. In a lot of situations, how long does it take to go down? (laughs) How much fear can you and I afford? None. 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 We can't afford any of it. There's no fear in love. But perfect love or or fully developed love casts out fear. Because fear has torment. This is how you tell you've crossed the line. You care about people. You care about their situation. You want to know what's going on with them. You want things to be good with them. That's great. That's fine. But then it gets to where it's gnawing on you. Come on, are y'all listening? It's bothering you. Torment. Can you see this? Tormenting you. You've crossed the line. This ain't love. This is fear. It's not faith and it's not love. I just love him so much I can't stand it. It's just eating me up. That is not love. In the love of God, there's no fear. Somebody say, the Lord's my helper. I will not fear. I will not fear. We can keep our eyes on him. Do you believe it? We can, we can keep our eyes on him. We can cast all of our cares over on him. Thank you, Lord. In closing, go to Philippians 4. You go to Philippians 4. Put up, please, 2 Corinthians 4, 8 on the screen. Paul, the Spirit of God used him to write the words, be careful for nothing. But I think what sometimes we haven't seen is that he didn't always do this. By his own mouth, he learned how to do this. You say, well, I don't think I have faith like what y'all are talking about. Yes, you do. Are you born again? Then God gave you the starter faith. You remember that? Right? A measure of faith is in you. You just got to learn how to do it. Don't say I don't have faith like that. It's a choice. Faith is a choice. Not just a special few that have been given great faith. The people that have strong faith, they just used what was given them. 
They've used it. It's developed. Paul, the Spirit of God, is helping him to pin this. We're troubled on every side. Troubled on every side. This is the great man of God. Yet, not distressed. We're perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Trouble on every side. That means it's trying to get to you. But do you have to let it in? 2 Corinthians 11, 28. 2 Corinthians 11, 28. He said, those things that are without, which come on me daily, the care of the churches. Now he had how many churches under his watch? And they had issues. He had ministers that were out of sorts. He had people that were trying to run other folks off and trying to be in charge. He had services that were completely chaotic. What? A lot like today. (laughs) Peoples is peoples. And he said the care of those churches do what? It just bothers me and I worry myself half to death. No, no, no. He said they come on him. Now here's the thing. It's a difference between it coming on you and you letting it in you. And he learned how to not let it in him. But we shouldn't imagine that he was never tempted or pushed. He was. He was tempted to worry about these things and these people. It came to him. Every day it came to him. But look in Philippians 4 and 6. The same man writes, what do you do about it? Be careful for nothing. You can care about people. But you don't cross the line to where you're full of anxious care. You do want to love people. But how can you tell when you've gone past loving them into just worry and fear? It's tormenting you. Can you see that, friends? It's tormenting you. It's vexing you. It's bothering you. That's not going to help them. It's not going to help you. You're actually missing God now. Be careful for nothing. Verse 7, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. He starts talking about your mind, what you got on your mind. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are honest, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, what's the key? Think on these things. Not on the other. Right? You want to be healed? You better think about healing. Night and day. Is that right? You want all your bills paid? You better think about abundant provision. You better think about the Lord meeting your needs, meeting your needs, meeting your needs. You think about it. You talk about it. You praise about it. You quote scriptures about it. And you don't let yourself look at what you need. 
You don't let yourself look at how much it is and how hard it is. And where is it going to come from? You can't let yourself look at that. The wind and the waves. You got to keep your eyes on the master. Keep your mind on what he said. And not only will you stay afloat, you'll stay on top of it all. Hallelujah. You will overcome. You will come over it. Can you say amen? Amen. Verse 11. In this same chapter. Verse 11. He says not that I speak in respect of want. For I have learned. It's not something Paul was born knowing. I've learned. No matter what state I am. To be content. Not, Not content to stay there. But to have peace. And he went on to say. I Know both how to be abased. I know how to abound everywhere and in all things. I'm instructed. Everybody say learned Learned. and instructed. How to be full. How to be hungry. How to abound. How to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. He said I learned how to do this. The Spirit of God taught him. Now if you've grown up in a household of worriers. You've been trained to worry. Yep. A lot of folks here have trained their kids to worry. You need, as the Lord will help you, untrain them. Stand on your feet if you would. I want to lead you in a prayer. We're going to release faith. The Lord's going to help us the rest of today and tonight and tomorrow. And we're going to learn how. Not to take care, not to worry, not to fear. We have to stop talking about what we don't know, don't have, can't do. Got to stop talking about it. And begin talking about what we have in Him. What we know in Him. What we can do in Him. Close your eyes. Said out loud, Father God, forgive me for not taking you seriously and heeding your commands not to worry, not to fear. But I'm listening now. And I thank you for your Holy Spirit. Who is my teacher and my guide? I'm asking you. Yes, thank you. You've already begun, Lord. But I'm asking you to teach me further. Like you taught Paul. That I may learn how to be in faith in every situation. How To not yield to fear, not give place to worry and anxiety. Teach me, show me, remind me, and as you help me, I'll do it in Jesus' name. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Father. Oh, thank you, Father. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries 
and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.